This is episode 38 of the Brick and Data podcast, a podcast dedicated to retail news, analytics, and tech. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Brick and Data podcast. This is Todd Harris, and as always, we have Jose Chan joining us. Hi, everyone. For this special episode, another special episode, we're very fortunate to have the guests we've had lately. Um, this time we are joined by the co-founders of Periphery. And if you have not heard of Periphery yet, uh, they are turning, this is really cool, they're turning classic jewelry and fashion items into smart devices. Uh, essentially, these smart devices are enabled with Siri and Google Assistant built right in. And in the case of this uh, specific product that they're first introducing here, it's, it's in the form of earrings which is really neat. So these earrings, um, like I said, they're smart devices and they can make calls, whisper alerts, respond to voice commands, call an Uber, send a text, set a timer, all those things you can normally do with your with your assistant. You can do with uh, essentially the earring in your ear, nice and subtle, keeping that high fashion look very awesome. Thank you. So we'd like, like to welcome you both Preeti and Sunal to the show. It, it's great to have you. On, as Todd mentioned, and before we get started into the questions, let's uh, learn a little bit about you and talk a little bit about your backgrounds. So Preeti Modgil has an engineering back background, which includes degrees from IIT and Cornell University, as well as research engineering positions at IBM. She has strong product instinct with consumer inventions licensed to Conair and Rubbermaid. She's also worked in the fashion industry, designing and manufacturing accessories for clients such as Bergdorf Goodman, Holt Renfrew, Sum, Gilt, and others. In addition, uh, we also have Sonal Buridaja. Sonal has an MS in Electrical Engineering from LSU and a BTech degree from NITK India. For her second master's thesis in Biomedical Engineering from Markers, Sanal tinkered with programming a glove for use in a virtual surgery. That's really cool. Sanal has also worked as a developer and writer at various software companies, such as SAP and IBM. So Sanal and Preeti, welcome to the show. It's an absolute pleasure to have you with us. Thanks we're so, we're so excited. Thank you so, so much. And, and Sanal, yeah, that tinkering with the, I don't know who tinkers with programming a glove to use in virtual surgery, <laughs> but you do. And, and God bless you for doing that. So uh, I, would I can't wait to hear a little bit more about that if possible, if we have some time here. Um, so let's, let's dive in you guys, let's dive right into some of the questions that we have. And I think this is going to inspire some, some others listening here to, to see really how far the wearables market has come and see where it's being pushed to and, and where where we can see it go uh, in the near future here. So um, why don't we just start simple? Let's start at kind of ground zero. Where did you guys meet? And uh, how did this whole idea of, uh, I guess, infusing wearables with fashion in the case here with earrings uh, come to mind? So we actually met in Ithaca when we were both graduate students. And uh, we found that we had lots of shared interests. You know, we love computer games. And we both admired Daniel Day-Lewis, watched lots of his movies together. Um, and, uh, you know, it was a Finger Lakes region. So, yeah, we uh, went for wine tastings. And the one thing that I've realized is that um, if you have a co-founder, you need to be able to read them and to be able to trust them. And the fact that, you know, we were in graduate school together, that really helped. I mean, we have that trust and that understanding between us. So, and then after graduate school, we moved to Westchester and we overlapped for a few years at um, the IBM 
Watson Research Center. And uh, after that, I moved here to the Bay Area, but uh, we've kept in touch often. And uh, at some point, Preeti started following a less uh, traditional engineering path. She quit IBM, and I was uh, really happy to watch her pursue her interests in fashion and uh, kind of beat to a different drum from the typical, you know, techies, if you will. Got it. Makes total sense. And <clears throat> excuse me, for our audience, the voices here you will get used to. That was just Sonal that was speaking and Preeti was prior to her. So I think we'll we'll get that as we go here. Um, I'm very also curious to know, you, you said you were playing games. I'd love to know what kind of games you're playing. But we can talk about another time. Um, <laughs> coming from one game, one gamer to another. Uh, so tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, the background is cool. It makes total sense how you guys met. Tell us a little bit about how the tech works. I mean, you don't have to get into engineering level here, but just give us an idea from a layman perspective. If someone was going to go look and, you know, pull it off the shelf at a Best Buy, uh, what would they need to know from you? So the um, earring essentially works like any Bluetooth device. So you pair it with a smartphone and it's good to go. And once it's paired, it essentially gives you hands-free access to your phone. You can take and make calls with it, get text notifications, you know, whatever else that you had described earlier, Todd, you can do just, it's essentially just pair and wear. Right. And aside from that, I mean, we decided that the biggest challenge we would have is because it's an earring and one style does not fit everyone. So we would have to come up with like a lot of designs to appeal to everyone. So um, instead of that, what we did was we decided that the module would be interchangeable. Oh. So uh, basically the module goes in the back of the earring and uh, the way that the user would use it after they pair their phone with the earring is just use a button in the back. So um, uh, it's just a matter of like long press and short press to toggle between various functionalities. Mm -hmm. So um, anyone who's used a smartphone, I mean, is familiar with those functions. So we really focused on keeping things very, very easy. Um, because I think our biggest challenge was uh, to not change the behavior of our customer. Right. So, you know, women already wear earrings. Uh, they already are used to um, short press and long press of buttons. So wear and go convenience was very important to us. Right. So they're so wearing they're wearing earrings and, and that makes a lot of sense. But also the you mentioned something before that I just want to rehash very quickly is <clears throat> how you change the look of these. Is it? Is it like essentially a skin that goes over the front of it or another, a, like a like a snap-on piece that goes over the core piece of technology to change the look of it? Or is it... Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's, it's like a standard earring with a very yeah. particular shape, though. I mean, we have to stick with a shape so that the module works with them. But that's it. That's exactly it. It's, just, it's an earring which becomes smart when you put the module on it. Like it slips onto the post of the earring. And uh, that's about it. So the color, the style, the whatever format of it can yes. change, but the functionality stays the same, but it, but it can be changed based on the occasion. Yeah, and that that's also important. allows us to hire different designers to make the earring externals. So we could, for example, uh, you know, find somebody whose work we really like and just ask her to design an earring for us so it works with the module we have. Mm. That sounds like how you might, um, you know, in the future offer various you know, iterations of the same thing right so you know exactly. one design by a, a specific designer or a specific person that's known in the industry and that and that could and that could really be a nice nice extra source for you guys of, of inspiration mm -hmm. and, and income um very cool oh and there's one more aspect to it um that we kept the we kept away from having an app for this because we thought that's yeah. another level of complication and you know something that the users would have to do in order to uh, start wearing the earring. 
So we decided this had to be app-free for now, at least, until our wearers get used to wearing our smart earrings. And we we actually really wanted to focus on the beauty of the earring too. So we wanted women to choose our earring because for its beauty, and then the fact that it's smart is and is icing on the cake. It's a bonus for them. So um, we really think that the of the beauty aspect of it is as important or more than the tech itself. Yes, fashion first. That's perfect. And and it sounds like you, you've combined simplicity along with aesthetics to get to create something special, which which is a great segue to our follow-up question. Uh, c- can you maybe tell us a, a little bit about how your personal use of wearables and or the uh, your eye for fashion has actually influenced uh, Periphery? Yeah, so both of us are, you know, big-time gadget girls. I mean, we own several <laughs> wearables. Uh, we started with the Alta, and I'm so happy that Alta just won uh, an award, like the best wearable of the year. Mm-hmm. So um, that was a first exposure to um, wearables. And uh, Sonal has a ring Lee, which she likes. But, you know, she also finds, like, the functionality is a little limited. Um, but happily, ring Lee also introduced the, um, the, the wrist-based trackers. So that was good. Um, both of us have Apple Watches. And uh, we love our Apple Watches, but uh, again, I mean, we find that there's something missing. Like the voice component just does not work. Um, You know, lifting your wrist to your face to talk or to your ears to listen, for us, that was something that needed to be added. So we feel that the LTE Apple Watch paired with our earring uh, works beautifully because then that's all you need. You need the Apple Watch. You need Periphery's smart earrings and you're good to go. You can leave your smartphone behind. Just to ask a question about that real quick. Sorry sure. to interrupt. Um, so is it Apple only or for those of us that are not on the Apple platform, we're on Android because I know that Google Assistant is also supported, correct? Yes, it is. Now, changing gears a little bit uh, for our listeners, uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, the wearables market? So, for example, perhaps uh, describe the market in general and the importance of the market and the place that periphery would would occupy in this market. Sure. Um, so th- I think there's some confusion about what a wearable is. So um, the way I see it is, I think it has to have three components. It has to be an electronic device. Um, you have to wear it on your body on the go. And that's important. And uh, it has to connect wirelessly. And uh, there are many different types of wearables. I guess the most familiar for everyone is now the fitness, the wrist-based fitness trackers and the smartwatches. But then there's also the helmets and the shoes and the posture wearables, which are very cool, I think. And then wearables around um, safety. And then the most notorious of them all, perhaps, is Google Glass. I swear, the Google Glass. I think, you know, I, I think we're all scarred by Google Glass. So. You know, honestly, I think it's an amazing device on many levels. But yeah, I mean, people were scarred by it. They found it unnerving. So in fact, that's when the question started, like, um, should we make wearables that don't like wearables? And I think at this point, it's almost like it's the holy grail of wearables. Um, either a wearable has to be sort of behind the scenes, or if it's going to be very visible and in your face, it has to do something pretty spectacular. So I think Google Glass sort of started that ball rolling. Um, yeah, and Google Glass in a way also, at, at that time, there were opinion pieces that predicted the demise of wearables. You know, I mean, it was almost like people were saying, are wearables dying? Are they just a short-lived fad? Are they, you know, tech for tech's sake? And uh, someone, um, I saw something written up about uh, 
just because you can make something doesn't mean you should and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually that was a comment i really loved just because you can make something doesn't mean you should but um, i i think that is changing now like i think because of the apple watch and also because of all the stories about how the watch can save your life i think people have come around and they realize that wearables are here to stay and uh, we are very bullish on wearables i mean we really feel that there are so many different uh, ways in which they matter like you know there's a the health aspect the preventative aspect where a wearable because you're wearing it all the time um you're working you're walking you're sleeping the wearable sort of sets a baseline for your heart rate for your temperature so any time that there is a deviation uh the wearable tells you that maybe there's an issue maybe you should you know see your doctor and get checked out so i think that's very very compelling in terms of why wearables are here to stay um so that that's one of the biggest ones the the uh, health aspects yeah, i mean you have you guys have every reason in the world to be bullish because i mean the numbers that are being thrown around out there are kind of ridiculous uh on the wearables market i mean it's it's a, like you were saying it's it's a huge it's a very large market it's just going to keep um growing and expanding and uh, apparently in according to so there's a couple sets of numbers here i have to contribute according to analyst firm uh gartner gartner research it's expected to grow 17% in 2017 with 310 million wearables sold for a total of 30.5 billion in revenues that's that's some money right there and <clears throat> research firm idc says the wearable market will double by 2020 2021 with smartwatches and smart clothing propelling that growth but of course there's going to be as smartwatches right smartwatches may have been the introduction where that kind of um mm -hmm. you know that gateway in a way for for many users that were just regular watch wearers or fit maybe just phone users to enter into the wearables market i know that's where i'm at right now with my gear s3 that i wear sometimes well, all the time and that's like kind of like my, my entry into it so what else will come i mean it seems like what you guys are doing and what some others are doing with the advances and and various types of of wearables that are a little bit more subtle maybe a little bit more handling a, a niche of of what maybe a watch would or a or a phone would um are going to keep propelling that growth you know may, you know who knows on the timing of it or what part is going to be eaten up by watches but it'll be very interesting to see how this all pans out over the next uh over the next couple of years right you know so so in fact going back to your previous question like i had mentioned the uh health aspect mm -hmm. but um it's it's not the only thing obviously right there's the management aspect and there's the enhancement i'm sorry enhancement aspect so mm -hmm. uh, a person can actually sort of be more than they are just you know with the help of wearables um i don't know if you've heard about neil harbison he suffers from color blindness and uh, he sort of calls himself a cyborg because uh, he has an antenna implanted in his brain sure. so um that antenna allows him to actually hear colors and uh, he did not just stop at hearing the colors in the visible spectrum he also decided to see colors you know invisible wavelengths like the infrared and the ultraviolet spectrums so um there's the enhancement aspect to it for some reason i seem to really stumble on that word <laughs> <laughs> yeah but then there is also uh, the wellness and that is us the wellness and the lifestyle aspect so uh, the reason i wanted to go back to this is because it plays into your next question um you know where are the wearables headed so uh, like you said watches started the whole thing but now uh, in fact idc has said that now we are sort of diverging also into um clothing and earwear and uh, both those categories really sort of demand that fashion be central to them 
and uh, voice is emerging as the next user interface. So I think ear wear is going to become very, very important as we sort of move forward with the wearables. That makes that sense. And if you think about what um, the market is, is there a way of perhaps, um, let's say, integrating that technology into something that might be a little bit more traditional, right? With, with let's say, and I'm just um, imagining this this uh, future. Since you worked at Bergdorf Goodman, among other, um, let's say, luxury retailer, you know, I supplied to them and we designed and supplied to them. So yes, in a way. Okay, so with that, would it, would it, would you see it perhaps uh, with um, an, an earring with um, let's say that has the module that plugs in, but then let's say the outer component would be a precious stone or perhaps a precious metal oh, and such. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, which is what we are really happy about that we have a module that can be pretty much put on any skin, as you said. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, Bergdorf's would be a great collaboration because um, they love to have sort of um, collaborations between designers and, uh, you know, their own brands, um, outside brands as well as uh, the ones that they are loyal to. So I think it would be a great collaboration to have uh, externals that are, you know, Bergdorf uh, Goodman's level with our earring. It would be a very, very simple way to execute. Sure. And as I'm imagining this, I mean, I could also see collaborations with, with brands, right, like a Prada that has already within its, let's say, brand DNA, uh, modernity fused in with tech, and it seems like a natural, another natural place. Well, absolutely. In fact, I was thinking of the museum, the Met Museum galas, where they have these tech meets high fashion. Um, You know, it's a total show-in for all those um, brands that like to display their wares during those Met Gala um, events. So yes, absolutely. And the women wearing the um, smart jewelry would not have cell phones in their hands as is pretty much, you know, ubiquitous even on the red carpet. I mean, in, even in the most beautiful dress, there's always the issue of where does the phone go? Yeah, so just leave your phone behind, wear peripheries earrings and parties. Like, what do you do during parties when you really don't want to carry your phone around in your hand? So um, ours is a perfect solution for that. Excellent. So why don't we dig into a little bit about the actual market? And I know we talked about the general market, but the how did you come to an agreement on the earring form factor? When you look at the wearables market overall and you look at all the all of the current form factors and what I guess. What was it like in the early days when you're trying to figure, and this could have been just six months ago, I'm not quite sure what the early days really implies, but um, what other form factors did you guys look at? I mean, was this the first thing you went for? Like, I know we need to do earrings and I know it needs to do this. Or were you looking also at, I don't know, headbands or something? I, I don't know. I mean, you know, horrible, horrible idea right there. But uh, anything, like any other ideas that perhaps <laughs> you had? That... <laughs> uh, so, so actually we narrowed down on earrings very, very quickly. Yeah. Because um, when we started, which was actually uh, almost two years ago, uh, so lots of there was lots of buzz about wearables. Um, so Fitbit was sort of trending down at that point. People mm-hmm. were saying like step counting doesn't really work. Um, Ringley had just introduced their smart ring. Um, also, Amazon was introducing Alexa, and I think that was almost the beginning for us because we realized that voice UI was going to be huge. 
Um, and ultimately, if you're making a phone call, it's about the voice. I mean, you have to have something near your mouth, near your ear. And uh, it was very, very natural uh, to sort of narrow down, to zero down to the earring because it's all about the voice. The earring is exactly where you want it to be. People are used to it. Um, Apple was doing away with its phone jack. I think they just announced it or talked about it. So everything uh, was leading towards, yes. Yeah, so it, I just, think we just, all remember what time that was now. Okay. I was thinking back to, okay, when, <laughs> yeah. when did Fitbit have issues? When did this have issues? Oh, yeah, when Apple removed the headphone jack. We all remember <laughs> that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so for us, it just made perfect sense that, you know, women don't like to really stick things in the ear canal. Right. I mean, earbuds get lost. They're so expensive. And when you lose them, it's a very unhappy moment. And uh, <laughs> now, earphones don't work with evening attire or even with work clothes. So um, I, I think we very quickly decided that an earring was going to be it. But the challenge for us was, how do you design an earring that does not require you to put things inside your ear, that does not look like a piece of technology you know, near your face? And so after that, we just focused on how do we do this? And the form factor. And that's, that's basically the form factor is the key to the pattern that we have filed. Um, and that took many iterations and many variations. Great. And it seems like uh, earlier we touched on uh, potential things that that you might um, move into. But what do you think might be next, uh, the next wearable by Periphery? So, um, you know, what we would love to focus on once we have consumers uh, develop a certain comfort factor with wearing a smart hearing, uh, we might consider actually making it um, sort of more uh, wellness oriented, we would love to have some, like they say that the earlobe is the perfect place to take lots of vitals, mm -hmm. um, you know, information about, you know, your oxygenation and perhaps your heart rate. So we wouldn't mind going there first. Um, we're also thinking about a pendant for people who don't want an earring because the pendant, you know, it just dangles off a chain. When a call comes in, you could potentially lift it to your ear and talk into it. But, um, but I think the more important thing for us is to make sure that we increase the functionality of what we are doing. And um, the one thing that I'm really excited about is that right now it's a one way from the user speaking into the earring. But with advances in artificial intelligence, hopefully we'll get to the point where the earring anticipates what you need and it talks to you. So um, I think that might be where we might end up very soon, where um, you know emotional intelligence in your artificial intelligence um, will basically ask you, like, you know, do you want to turn the lights down or would you like to order a pizza or would you like to make a phone call? So um, hopefully that's where we are headed. So to Which do that, solved. yeah, in order to do that, it has to have awareness of other things, right? So it has to right. have a feed, like maybe like what you're saying before, whether it's yes. health, health data or some sort of environmental feedback, you know, anything to be able to if your pulse rises, yes. right? Simple things like that, or you know, to, to to walk you through, to walk you through how to calm yourself down if it feels your pulse getting out of control. This, of course, you're in workout mode, but I guess you don't work out with earrings in. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. And that's fascinating what you just said, Preeti, because if you think about what's going on in the marketplace today, everyone is generally the general trend uh, across all, let's say, solutions technologies. Uh, is really this whole concept of of the experience, right? And right. the experience becoming a one with with the let's say solution, whether it's physical, uh, digital, it, it has to enhance it, and yes. that that seems like a natural, let's say, next step. 
Exactly. Until now, it almost felt like technology was being stuck in people's faces and it was being forced upon them. And I think the more instinctual it gets, the more natural. I think that's a much more compelling reason to have wearables and how to use them. No doubt. And I was just, for some reason, I was thinking in my head of how it might be for someone um, walking into a store with, you know, one of these uh, periphery earrings in, and then you have some sort of a partnership with that store and immediately it starts going through a few of the a few of the areas that person might want to go visit when they walk in that store. So it's like beaconing in a way that would normally push you a notification on your phone, but instead in this case, it would go right into a notification in your ear. It might be a little invasive, but still, it's it just, yeah, you know, absolutely. that's the idea, right? No, yes. but you know, it's fascinating you brought that up because uh, we had this talk with NYFTL mm -hmm. and they were asking us like, how would your hearing work for some, a B2B company. Mm -hmm. And that is the sort of scenarios we explored, exactly what you said, that you know already it's happening that they have these beacons, but they're not working. Right. But if you know you had the user's ear, hopefully with their permission, um, you know if they like a particular store or brand and they would love to hear what's new and you know what's of interest to them, what they've shown interest in in the past, yep. I think that would be a fantastic use case. Can you imagine yeah, it now? Just sales. think about it, right? You get walk in and you hear it in your ear and you know, welcome to CVS. Today we have <laughs> blue light. Yeah, absolutely. And also for the retailer to know how many people are there connected to via our hearing that are available to them at that point where they could, you know, quickly do some data analysis on the users that are present in the store right then and maybe, you know, offer a pop-up sale or whatever. So it's kind of a win-win for everyone in that scenario. You know, I love the idea of museums also. You're walking through a museum and, you know, you want to know more about a painting and uh, you can just hear that information in your earring. Um, so you could do the same thing with earbuds or earphones, but not you know, people don't have the earphone available when they need it. With right. a earring, it's always there. It's, you know, so you don't have to fumble for it. You don't have to hunt for it. Um, so, yes, I mean, what you said, walking through a space and having a user's ear, I think that's a very compelling Right. Case. I mean, it's more socially welcoming, too, I think, you know, when you're when you have earbuds in or when you're, you know, classic case of commuting or going to work or just walking around outside, it's it's or even at work. Right. When you have earbuds in or something in your ears, it generally means don't bug me. Don't talk to me. Right. I'm busy. Well, that's a great point. Right? That's a great point. So maybe this yeah. helps the social aspect of it. If you are in a museum situation, you're just wearing earrings, it's benefiting you, but no one else knows the wiser, correct? Right. Well, awesome. Well, so tell us, tell us as we uh, come to a sort of a close here, let's cut to the chase and, and you maybe can tell our listeners where to find out more about this, um, when they might be able to get their hands on one of these and, and try it out for themselves or when they can pre-order it. Well, um, as you know, we're preparing for an Indiegogo campaign. So um, we do have a pre-launch page up on Indiegogo. And uh, on that page, we have short videos that tell you know, users about some of the use cases for a hearing, like how to call an Uber or you know, how to set a timer. So, um, well, it's a shameless plug, but please come to periphery.com <laughs> and find the links to all our social media um, at periphery for Twitter, um, facebook.com slash periphery and of course um you'll have a link to indiegogo on periphery.com and thank you adored for this opportunity oh you you are welcome both of you you've been an absolute pleasure and i would just like to clarify that periphery is spelled a very unique way if you spell it the way that you might want to spell it you'll end up on a um 
on a uh, on a on a band, this other band's website, which is not Periphery. So <laughs> Periphery is P E R I P H E R I I. So that's their handle on Twitter. Um, you can email them at press at periphery dot com, and their website is periphery dot com. It's P E R I P H E R I I. So um, awesome place to go find out more and to keep tabs on when these will be available and. I don't know. It seems like, you know, Christmas is around the corner, holidays are around the corner, so it might be a, a nice thing if it if it ends up uh, launching by then, but who knows? We will all be we'll all be waiting to to find out. So a few weeks from now. A few now. weeks. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, even I could maybe wait that long, but uh, <laughs> I'm not sure, Todd. I'm not sure. I don't know. Well, I'm going I'm to come in the office with the earrings on, so I don't care if anyone likes it. it doesn't yeah, matter. We are considering making earrings for men very soon. Not earrings, earrings, but you know, a, a nice look. That's... Some kind of an attachable something. Yeah. That would now that would be interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I would love to see this. I would absolutely love to see this. So. Did you say you'd love to wear it, Todd? I did not say I'd love to wear it. <laughs> Love okay. to see Maybe I will. Depend, it depends. It depends. Um, we'll have to see Jose. I think you might look we'll, better than I would, though. We'll put it on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we actually, yes, I would absolutely do that for Instagram. That's that's fantastic. Well, all right. Well, uh, Preeti and Sonal, thank you again so much for taking some time. And, um, you know, we all look forward to this release and we wish you the best of luck and the best of success with this. Yes. And we hope to catch up with you as things progress for you. Wonderful. Thank you, Jose, and thank you, Todd. This was a Thanks, lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah, well, thanks. everyone, that awesome. is the show. Uh, questions, comments, feedback, you can email us at brickdatacast at gmail.com. If we get anything about Periphery, we'll absolutely forward it on to uh, Preeti and Sonal uh, so they are able to respond to you. But if you want to find other episodes, any more recent interviews we've had, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and most of your favorite podcast apps. And until next time, which will be next week, take care, everybody. Bye.